Hey, 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 it's your girl, So So Lovely. And your girl, Deja Ali. And we are the hosts of the Bad and Boozy Podcast. Join us every Wine Crush Wednesday as we discuss wine, life, and other liquor-related shenanigans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bad and Boozy Pod. And send your drunken wine hotels to Bad and Boozy Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget... The best wine is the one you like. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Tonight, leading off, batting first in the lineup is actually the man behind the sound effects. That's myself, at Agent underscore 70, on Twitter and Instagram. With me tonight is the man who's, while slightly under the weather, is still providing all the news that's fit to uh, discuss over the last, what, two plus weeks? Two weeks, yep. Well, yeah, I was about to say, uh, at least including the the extra day after the last show. Uh, He is RoddyCat, at RoddyCat on Twitter. Yes, slowly dying, but here nonetheless. Show must go on. Remember, you can find Roddy Cat at uh, on Instagram at uh, at CD Caps, on Twitter at, at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Need, on Reddit at uh, News Nerds Need, and uh, anything else over there. Yep. Factuals, factuals. That's pretty much it. There it is. There it is. Not with us tonight because they have many, many things to do as the holidays approach. It are our other co-hosts at PCN underscore dirt. You can find him at PCN underscore dirt dot com uh, at PCN underscore dirt on Twitter and at pop culture net on Twitter and at pop culture network dot com. And www.ineedcomics.com. Uh, you can find Dirt very soon on uh, the short form video app, as you know, when it comes out in the spring. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But shout out to uh, at PCN underscore Dirt. And finally, uh, we have the originator of our podcast, that is at TinDog98 on Twitter. He, uh, he can also be found at, at TheClickNation on Twitter and at CBCron on Twitter. And make sure to go to uh, the ClickNation website at www.theclicknation.com. I think, I think they're avoiding them, but, you know, we still love them. 
their voice. Oh no! <laughs> I keyed, I keyed. And also, and also remember to check out Tim's uh, writings on CBR, that is Comic Book Resources. And uh, make sure that uh, you tune into our our podcast at uh, CSPN.us and all the other podcasts on our network. Do it today. Um, you can uh, find us every weeknight, uh, every week on uh, Thursday nights uh, around this time, nine ish. That's the best way to put it. On YouTube, on uh, uh, the Click Nation forward slash live forward slash live. And uh, make sure to subscribe at um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, and of course, Spotify. And remember to shop at uh, shop.cspn.us where you can find all sorts of merch related to uh, the Comic Book Chronicles and all of our brother and sister podcasts on the cspn.us network. All right. So... Uh, forgive me for my infrequent uh, lead chair duties. So I finally got through all the plugs and the and the mini ads and whatnot. So we are now going to get to our reviews for uh, two weeks ago because we had to uh, uh, take some time to, to you know take some time off and uh, have some uh, turkey and uh, all the fixings. So we're going to be discussing books for the week of the twenty second. And the first book we're going to discuss is Doctor Strange number eight. <clears throat> oh, indeed. Indeed. And um I enjoyed this issue because um we found out some things. There's a little bit of a come up in this issue, no? In a couple of different ways it seems like. Um yeah. Well, one, we found out that Mordor 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 <laughs> Mordo is not the big bad, but he's again working for somebody, and that right. he never both, the big bad, right? Uh, both he and Casey are, I guess, being used or or pawns in the game, such as mm-hmm. it were. Um, I guess he's well, she's his pawn, and he's just working for whoever else. Which I don't think we find out who that person was. Not yet. I think that's what's coming up in the next arc or two. Hmm. Um, actually, I should go back and check because I'm trying to remember. There was somebody that showed. I thought there was somebody that showed up in the last issue, last page, but I don't think so. Anyway, regardless, so there was the big fight between between Mordo, um, Strange, and Casey when them battling out. Apparently, she's holding uh, a gem of Sidorak, which means, and they literally say she's like the Juggernaut. Right. So, so that fight's kind of been what it was. Meanwhile, Kana and and uh, Bass. Excuse my folks. There's gonna be a lot of that. But um Kana and, and, and Bats were off uh tooling away in the workshop and Bats let it slip that um that uh he and Casey had been watching the docs uh, exploits out in space and also let slip that um Kana lost her memories and which made her feel some kind of way. But she still continued to do what she needed to do up until up until, right, up until the day was saved. Yes, up until everything was all said and done. And um, right. as so the things tend to happen... Was that, oh, go ahead. 
No, I was about to ask tends to, tend to happen in Doctor Str- in, in Stephen's life. The women in his life leave him, and and she's not the first and won't be the last. And she even straight up told him, like, you know why people leave? Because you make people feel dumb, and da 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 da. And she just rolled off. What I like about this run mm-hmm. already, and you touched on it right there, is that Wade is doing a bit of a character study on on Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. This is more character than we've probably ever gotten. Um, even during the Aaron run, because I think the Aaron run really, really established the rules and the cost of using magic, right. at least for, at least for you know like the non-demonic and the non-godlike characters, right. right? And that and that is in, in that even brought up was even brought up in this issue and has in, in past issues also about the cost of magic. But what this is also bringing up is the cost of, you know. Well, the cost of being the way he is. Right. And and I think that's what I like about Wade's run so far. And that's something that, I mean, even in this issue, we're only on issue number eight. We're already dealing with, and we've already known that that's part of the character's makeup. You know, it's the arrogance. That's why he got to be where he is in the first place. Because, you know, he gets into the accident because he's a, you know, he's a, he's a jerk face, you know, arrogant, you know, SOB. Yeah. And, you know that's why his hands get messed up, and that's why you know he's you know he's obsessed with trying to fix his hands and whatnot. And we all saw the movie. So, in any event, my point is dealing with the character on different, more substantial levels than that. You know, we all know the superficial. You know, and it's the basic character flaws that he has. And it's interesting to see Wade dive a little bit deeper into that, and that's great to see. Because it's one thing to have to deal with the ramifications of the cost of magic. And Aaron did a bang-up job. It's one of the seminal runs on Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that we can actually refer people to and be like, look, if you like this character, here's something to read. Um, uh, because it's a lot of, you know, it, it's, it sets a lot of basic... Uh, you know, ground rules for just magic in, in, in the Marvel U and how Doctor Strange deals with it. You know, in this case, this is a great, you know, this is a great exploration of the character. And as you said, when that, you know, that last kind of dialogue between Kana and uh, Doctor Strange, where she's just like, yo, this is why you suck as a boyfriend, you know? This is why I'm leaving. This is why I'm out. <clears throat> or just uh, strictly as a person, because like, yeah, you just like everybody, yeah, like everybody around you, you just want to feel like you, you make everybody feel like they're stupid because you want to be the smartest person in the room. Which is so wild because you never thought that about the character before. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because you know about his arrogance and there was that, but like, yeah, because you know things, you know, you know things that other people don't, and that makes you superior, and, they, and that holds and that gives you power over people. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, yeah, that's. Accurate, <laughs> or I mean, accurate. It's hard to argue. Mm-hmm. It's hard to argue, and it's funny that you know it even comes up a bit in the story where I think Mordo is talking about the like all magic has a cost, and mm-hmm. he's even and and Strange is even talking about how well no it doesn't not for me because he's trying to come up with a way around it right as he always has done you know with, right. with him losing his, his hands with him losing with almost losing magic and all that and, and everything else right. like, now he's got magical weapons that he's creating on his own that mm-hmm. kind of helping him to forge and blah 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 
and it's just you know, and 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 it's uh, it's an int- like I said, it's an interesting exploration of a character that I think is only you know, it, we're only touching the surface of what you know th- where this character can be, you know, a- in terms of you know uh, the depth of his character. Mm-hmm. It's never he's never really been explored to this extent, right? Which, yeah, which is, you know, in the past has been kind of a, not necessarily a failing, but I guess either people didn't know what to do with him or whatever. He's kind of one of those characters like Thor, like, there's only so much you could do with this character because X, Y, and Z, you know. But at the same time... I was about to say, Thor had a seminal run. Mm -hmm. Right? And everyone, even Jason Aaron himself, is trying to kind of do his own take on it. Right. You know, in current day Thor. But, you know, I don't think Doctor Strange ever had that. Even with Ditko, you know, doing the psychedelic stuff, I don't think he ever got this deep into the character. Right. Like, there have been a, a couple of good, like, um, like miniseries and whatnot, and, but, you know, mm-hmm. with, that did some things. But, yeah, nothing to this extent, so. Right. You know, in the wake of the movie, and you, and you kind of understand why. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I guess if we don't have anything else on Doctor Strange number eight, we can move on to our next book. No, yeah, I think we're, we're good on that one. It was, it was a good issue, for sure. Definitely, because it definitely had you know some 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 uh, closure on some issues, and it really sets the stage for you know I, sort of the next step in the character's uh, kind of I don't know kind of a oh, reckoning, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. his own, with his own you know with his own faults. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All right, so we go on next to we said uh, Spider Get number four. You got it. I'm pulling it up right now. So. Spider-Geddon number four, believe it or not, yes, there are a bunch of tie-in issues. Uh, there's uh, these mini-series that are involved in this, and actually the current Ghost Spider uh, regular series is tying directly into uh, Spider-Geddon. But this is actually the penultimate issue of the limited series. It's mm-hmm. only five issues. So, um this issue has, you know, there's actually, you know, speaking of character development, this issue has a lot of it. Uh, I know people have complained that um, <coughs> the lack of Peter Parker in this is kind of off-putting, but ultimately there's so many spider characters in this that he would be, you know, kind of caught in the, uh, you know, caught in the... Uh, the midst of the mob anyway. And besides, Peter played a pretty big role in the first one, so it's nice to see the other Spider characters step up. What's funny about this is that it actually picks up in the wake of the end of the Spider-Force limited series, which is not over yet, so there's mild, mild spoilers. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um... So we kind of find out what happens at the end of Spider Force, but it's not obviously the entirety of the story, right? Which, but ultimately, because yeah, issue two just came out, mm-hmm. right? So there's one more issue coming out next month. Mm-hmm. So we kind of get an idea of what happens to at least one of the characters in in, in Spider Force uh, number three, and that leads to some of the big events in uh, Spider Gen number four. But as I've said earlier, I've said it a number of times before, and I'll say it again. Um, one of the big things in this issue, and I'm not going to get into, um, you know, everything that happens because there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a bit of exposition in this because there's, you know, a lot of, um, 
interplay between the characters trying to set up the final confrontations. Um, it's nice to see that uh, that Miles is somewhat center stage on this, and there, you know, he's kind of maturing right before our eyes. But you know, getting back to what I was saying earlier about what I've been saying ever since the inception of this character, M- Marvel, Dan Slott, and now um, these writers who uh, picked up Slot's baton and, um, and and brought it forward, namely Christos Gage. And um, and I guess uh, Dan Slott is, uh, is, you know, this is based on his uh, story concept, but Christos Gage is uh, taking this and run with it. Anyone who writes the uh, Superior Spider-Man, a.k.a. Otto Octavius and Peter Parker's body, has done a great job of making you want to punch him in the face. And let me tell you, the ending of this book will make you want to punch him in the face. And you understand why he does things, why he does the things that he does. Because... In the attempt to be heroic, he kind of loses the humanity of it. You know, he's terribly analytical about everything. And you understand, you know, the cold, hard realities of some things that you have to do. But he loses his humanity, and, you know, since he probably never had too much of it in the process. So, you know, at the end of the day, you want to punch him in the face. I'm not going to spoil too much of this. There's still a lot to kind of... uh, uh, set up for the uh, the last issue. There's something of a cliffhanger, a number of cliffhangers actually in this, and uh, the final cliffhanger is uh, interesting because it has something to do with the enig- the Enigma Force, the Captain Universe power. So it's a bit of fun there. Yeah, which kind of have been <clears throat> may have been teased in recent articles mm-hmm. about what's uh, about um, what. What potentially, and I guess I was right because of that. Because it was like, well, that makes sense given given what if you read solutions or know what's about to come up for for Octavius, right? So, like I said, this is a lot of fun. It's tougher to read if you haven't read uh, Spider Verse, obviously. But for fans of Spider Verse, this is definitely a must read. Cool. Cool. Well, that sounds just dandy. <clears throat> um, then that, if you finish with that, then I will get to one of my other books from last week. Cause I only had like three anyway. Um, Sherry number two. All right. Which I believe you also read, right? Nay. Oh, you did not. Okay. Did well, not because it did not show up uh, for me for a while. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, we had a two-week, uh, yeah, kind of had a two-week lag, so review copies were kind of weird for a second. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but outside of that, you know, um, so here we find that um, Shuri had been conversing with uh, these, not necessarily a council of elders, but a uh, a council of of women from different villages, you know, who 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 basically are kind of looking after um, the, the needs of Wakanda, whether you know, the, the ruling power is around or not. Mm-hmm. And it consists of uh, Sherry's mom, Queen Ramonda, and, a, and uh, like some women from the different villages. The, at the end of the last issue, they wanted the Shuri to take back the mantle of Black Panther since T'Challa's missing in space. Um, which we will get to that in a few. In space! Anyway. 
right? So um, she, uh, at the beginning of this issue, was like, nah, I'm not taking it back. I want to forge my own thing. You know, I want to do my own thing. And she gets kind of, not necessarily shamed, but, you know, the queen says something that didn't take too well to, to Shuri. <clears throat> Uh, uh, about that in kind but uh, after that's all said and done she goes off to say that she's going to look for T'Challa in her own way so she goes off to do that so um, Storm shows up to kind of lend a hand because she found out from Ramunda that uh, T'Challa was gone and that was kind of sweet the way she came kind of came in because you know that was it was it was um, something you don't really get to see well Yes and no, anyway. So, anyway, she comes in to help. Her and Shuri kind of go and seeks help from another one of T'Challa's exes. Uh, because, you know, while Shuri is, you know, technically savage, they were thinking that there could be other ways to find T'Challa, even though she made, even though Shuri made the ship that, you know, T'Challa and Eden, aka Manifold, set off in. You know, she's got a chip on her shoulder saying, yeah, I can find it myself with my own tech and da 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 and the elders in her ear and all this kind of good mess. And <clears throat> so they go set off into the, the mute zone to find this other scientist lady. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of go through those means to try to find Shuri, which ends up uh, having Shuri tap into her, the powers that she has manifested recently, uh, relatively recently when she came back basically you know the power of the elders and her spirituality and a a tree that if i told you the name of it would sound very very familiar if you um aware of any galactic guardians out there let's say which i've already said too much my friend tree <laughs> so <laughs> yes so which ends up um <clears throat> because so it ends up using her her power uh, and an astral projection and this said tree to send her off into space to try to find T'Challa in Eden, which she finds the ship and then gets sucked away and then ends up, let's say, meeting uh, this self-same tree form in a way <laughs> at the end of the issue. <laughs> um, which is is kind of slightly amusing. So, and that's where the the book ends. So, I guess she, she's um, while she didn't find uh, T'Challa in 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 Manifold, she found a couple other people. And again, like I said, gotcha. based on what I just said, you can pretty much guess if one person, the one person who she meets up with, there's always someone else uh, uh, in tow that she ends up meeting as well. Right. So that was an interesting uh, read, and we had to wait till the next issue to see what happens with that. Gotcha. I only have one other book I want to discuss. Go for it. Last, at, you know, the, discuss at length. And that's Immortal Hulk number nine. Okay. And I definitely think you should read this if you aren't reading it already. Um, this issue definitely brings back a lot of the horror aspects that we may not have seen recently because there have been a little bit more of the superhero. Um, uh, aspect of it because uh, there have been uh, Avengers guest guest appearances or whatnot. This issue, the guest appearance that we had, the guest appearance du jour is from the Absorbing Man, 
And the gist of the story is that the absorbing man is hired because of, listen, he absorbs. So the shadow agency, the shadow uh, aspect of the military brings in the absorb the absorbing man to take on the immortal Hulk. And, you know, there's lots of different things that, uh, that happen because there's definitely the hint of supernatural stuff going on as well. So uh, the army's best laid plan or, or the military's best laid plans uh, don't exactly go to come to fruition because of, uh, you know, the twist that uh, the supernatural basically uh, inserts into the equation. I would say that uh, my biggest gripe with this, I love the atmosphere. I love where, um, you know, there's like a minor twist in it and you kind of, you're trying to figure out where this is going from here on in. But uh, my biggest gripe with this is that the last time I remember seeing Crusher Creel was at the end of the Black Bolt miniseries and he was in a good place. He had just been brought back from the dead and, uh, you know, he and him and Titania were in a you know in, in a better place. Um, I don't Spoilers. know if recent issues of uh, Thor or Mighty <clears throat> Thor or, or Unworthy Thor kind of changed that status quo slightly, but um, because there's an aspect, you know, they they drop a hint that uh, Titania is working for Roxxon, and I think that might be a, a Thor thing. From re- from the relatively recent past, but uh, like I said, I kind of remembered Creel and Titania being in a good place um, at the end of that Black Bolt miniseries. Well, obviously, since the end of that Black Bolt miniseries, we've seen the death of the Inhumans, and you know, uh, lots of bad stuff happened to Black Bolt and his and his subjects. So obviously, you know, some time has passed, or something, plenty of things could have happened to these characters since then. So. Um, you know, that kind of, that, that, you know, that sort of, you know, uh, no prizes away my, uh, my, uh, whatchamacallit, my, uh, my gripe. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because it was like, because when I saw the cover, I'm like, well, wait a minute, isn't he, you know, and I got kind of slightly spoiled about the end because I still hadn't finished that Black Bolt series about something that happens in that series and you already touched on it. I did not know he came back though, but sorry. Nah, that's I right. thought reading it. It's old. Eh. Eh, like I said, that's on me, but, um, but no, I didn't finish. I think I started it and I got like halfway into it and, and other things came up. So, but regardless, like, like that's what was kind of confusing me when I saw the cover. I was like, wait, I thought he was dead. But then again, it's, it's comics. They don't, mm-hmm. most, some people don't always say that. So, um, interesting, because actually that this actually brings up something, but we may or may not. Well, we might get to it in a minute. Um, I don't know, but um, I only got one more book to All go right. to from last week, and I'm actually kind of slightly. Um, if you want to do rapid fire, that's fine. Well, to- I'm gonna say yeah. There's only one, like one other book, so. Oh, weird. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. Never mind. Okay, yeah. So I only got one other book outside of this one. So yeah, we can guess we, we could do rapid fire. Um, and so you want to go ahead and? Well, wait. No, we gotta do this week. Yeah, we'll do this week, and we'll we'll spin it up. But um, 
All right. So in terms of this week, uh, I've read a lot of books this week. Uh, we don't have time to discuss all of them, but let's see what we both read. I actually did read Heroes in Crisis, so if you want to talk about that. I yeah, we'll do that. Put that in. Right, so what do you think about the some of the minor reveals in this? I found myself saying, okay, now we're starting to get to... I'm like, <clears throat> now we're starting to get somewhere because we're starting to see what looks to be a couple of people having breaks. Like, not psychotic breaks. Well, more, yeah, somewhat nervous breakdowns in, in a sense. Or maybe it's because of what I'm thinking about one of the characters anyway. But I'm like... I'm like, hmm, okay. So, but, you know, regardless, we're starting to see some things. Like, because as we've said before, if you start seeing people in a nine panels, those people are probably dead. And sure enough, that's what happened here, you know, for the most part. Right. With, except, with the exception of probably one, one of them so far. But we don't know if that's going to, if that's going to change. Right, if it's going to stick. But um, I thought, oh, like finally we started. We're getting somewhere. We're gonna, we you know, we're gonna get some answers here, and we got a couple of them. Although we're only a third of the way through the story, exactly. For the answers we got, still get, still brings up a couple more questions. Definitely, because so what we find out in this issue is that you know, you know, sanctuary has has these features and has a hollow deck basically that people can go into to kind of um. You know, get what they need more as per se. You know, and not necessarily in a sexual way, but I don't know. We we don't know. Some some could be. <laughs> we don't know. But regardless, they go in there for therapy and and for whatever they need. And they they do specific- a lot of it is kind of self help. Yes, right. This is definitely self help. Although there are supposed to be caretaker robots that you know help with the. Uh, um, with the therapy aspect, right? But which doesn't seem like they're really doing that much because, like you, like you just said, there's more self help, and sometimes that's more can be more problematic than as work. Right, depending on what the problem is, right? Right. So what we have is uh, essentially a flashback, and this flashback basically takes us to the point where Sanctuary comes under attack. Mm-hmm. And several of the heroes and villains or just characters who are in Sanctuary's care get taken out. And at least one of the suspects is revealed. Yes. At least one. Uh, well, it seems like... Both of them, because the way they played out, it seems like both of them. Although one of them, and one of them's kind of taking a while to reveal itself, if if it's that's the case. But it, it, there sure are, and it could be a red herring. We don't know, but right. um, one of them's kind of taking a long road to get to that point because we had a revelation, like even in the first issue, that saying, "Hey, this person is the one that did stuff." But at the right. same time, we also found out that this other person supposedly had done some stuff, and we found out that that person was involved in doing mm-hmm. some things. But there's still some a couple of things that's still not clear about it because the mo of the person only manifested itself with like the one of the last deaths that we see, right? Which was, I guess, could be considered, which is considered a major death, I guess. 
mm-hmm. out of all of the people that 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 died anyway, because everybody else that died. Like, I found myself asking, who the hell are half of these people? Like, I got to tell you though, I'm googling it now because I remember. Um, there's a, uh, I'm, I'm jumping straight to the last page. Mm-hmm. One of the characters, and you know, Tom King loves. Well, you haven't been keeping up with the Batman stuff as much as myself and, and and PCN underscore Dirt, right? Right, Tom right. Batman. So, if you recall from some of our reviews and conversations about the run so far, is that King is doing a bang up job of bringing, you know, forget tertiary villains. We're talking like you know xyz list villains mm. uh from batman's rogues gallery to the four and kind of not maybe not making them cannon fodder all the time but at least giving them a little bit of shine right mm-hmm. so wait was there also, a, was there another one outside of the the one that we oh kite man um <laughs> but uh i'll tell you that uh there is um, a, a, a character called the Protector, right? That's on the last page of this. Yes, that I remember because he was in the what's it called the drug issues, um, the 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 free was the Keebler drug issues that were given out in school in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, like the anti-drug <coughs> issues, and instead of Robin, we got the Protector, and I was like, "What the blank is this?" So even me at like you know eight or nine or ten years old, whenever it is, I I ended up getting it. Uh, I definitely uh, kind of reacted negatively. Let's put it that way. Mm. Poor guy. Eh, I mean you know, it's DC. I'm sure if if they feel it, they'll bring back some of these Z listers or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> in some form of order. but yeah it was like half of those people I'm like who who on earth are these people but again you know like I said we find out that there are more deaths we find out some of the inner workings of Sanctuary for good or for bad and Booster Gold talking to himself literally you know well and at first I thought that was going to take a turn you know I thought that was all right, we, this is where we're going to see the turn and we kind of probably could say that this is probably where we see a turn in what's going on with that character. But then we find out the other character that we saw that was involved comes about and kills, kills a Joker, kills, kills a Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess no pun intended, I guess. I don't know, but not necessarily. And yeah, I don't know. Like I said, more questions, more, more questions come up out of the answers that we do, that we do get. Out of that one. But it was a pretty good read. Like I said, it went, it went somewhere. And I don't know what the hell was going on with Lagoon Boy. He's been like he was just like okay, clearly he was like whatever help he was supposed to be seeking, he was not necessarily getting it. Gotcha. And which pretty much led to his demise. Was like I didn't think he was even still around, and that was like one of the only one of the obscure ones I didn't I, that I actually recognized. And that's only because of Titans mm. or Teen Titans rather. So. I don't know. It was it was a good issue, but it was like I'm just. It's kind of one of those. It was like I need to see what what the next issue comes around, and that's kind of what probably is going to be the thing until this finishes, right? You know that we're going to keep saying, right? Because like the, the, the more more things get answered, the more questions we get, and even though it's been pretty good so far, 
All right, so it seems like we actually read a lot of the same stuff Sweet. Uh, for for this week's book, so we could just kind of run through these. Sure. Uh, you know, maybe not give them all the time in the world, but we definitely read a lot of the same stuff. So, um, you want to talk about Ironheart number one? I know you got stuff to say. Let's do it. And that sounds sounds more negative than I intended it to. But <laughs> so right, yes. So this- is, I was gonna say this is the 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 first issue of what's hopefully going to be an ongoing series. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Williams, aka Ironheart. Hmm. Yeah. So we get. Um, so it, this kind of helps, and luckily, at the back of the book, kind of gives you uh, Riri's timeline uh, to to a certain extent, like you know. When she becomes a, when she comes into play, when she comes becomes a hero, the the last of the last run of Invincible Iron Man, when she took a major part because Tony Stark wasn't around, so this kind of goes goes into that. You don't necessarily have to read this, but you uh, that stuff, but you might want to because there was a part of this that I wasn't aware of. Because, you know, if you know anything about her backstory, which I've talked about my dislike of that in the past, um, and to where she gets to, she's, she, um, she was at MIT for a minute, and apparently at the, the entrance of this book, she's back there again, and she has her own lab. So that must have happened somewhere in the last run of Invincible Iron Man, I'm assuming. Yeah. Actually, I think, I think it actually happened right at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of setting the characters in their own, uh, you know, a lot of the supporting characters that were in Invincible Iron Man in a good place. Right. You know, so that they could, uh, you know, start start anew. I don't think that necessarily happened at the beginning of Slot's run on Iron Man because most of Slot's run recently has been dealing with Stark and his new... Um, right. It's the focus is away from, from Riri. So. Right. Which yeah, like I said, I kind of figured it would have had to have been that instead of instead of the current run because like I said, right. this kind of Tony's book by name, right? And what I was gonna say is, and they really haven't had a chance to establish that in Champions either because they've been on their own uh, hijinks as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of high adventure there. So I I, re- I remember it happening, and it must have been towards the end of that Invincible Iron Man run. Yeah. Regardless of that, like I said, that's probably the one of the key bits of information that you would probably, you know, would not have known unless you've been keeping up with that book, you know, with, with, with those books or with that book specifically. Cause you know, like, like you said, just said champions didn't really talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, we'd kind of get caught up this way on the character from her, you know, from her origin. Cause that gets talked up a couple of different times in the course of the book. And all in the meantime, you know, she, um, she, you know, she's on campus. She's on her, she ends up talking to a group of delegates that are, that are viewing, that are coming to the lab because, you know, of where she, you know, of, because of the Dean happens to drop in on them, which, you know, Riri doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of tact. So that goes <laughs> uh, amusingly it's well. Because, right. I was about to say, it's funny because, you know, and and I know that you're going to have issues with some of the things that uh, 
Bendis kind of imbued the character with. Yes. But one of the things I like is that she really is, you know, kind of uh, an isolated teenager. You don't yes. have to be a genius to be an isolated teenager. So um, she does a lot of the things that I think, you know, uh, teenagers that aren't necessarily equipped to deal with uh, uh, social interactions right. kind of. So it's, it's, and I like that because it's, yeah, that know, was you know, the aspect of the character, right? You know, she's not perfect. You know, we've already, we've seen awkward, you know, science people before. Let's, you know, we can't, we, we don't have to go that far to find it, you know, Peter Parker, mm-hmm. but it's still interesting to see that, you know, it's this particular aspect that uh that bendis and and some of the other writers are choosing to run with where um you know maybe she's not the most uh, uh socially adept person out there right and that was actually that part was actually the the most that, that part makes sense because it was like and and i enjoyed that part because it was like okay yeah of course she's a, she's a genius but she's also a teenager and she's also awkward in ways that like you said that, that they are but she's also a genius and that's kind of another kind of part of the awkward part even harder exactly so she's been put she's putting into this situation where she's not used to and you know because you you, sometimes you tend to forget she's a teenager you know and because you know if you see depending on who's drawing her she looks more like a grown woman or whatnot and which is not the case you know which has caused some flack in the past right um but cover art being what it is yeah exactly you know (laughs) so you know, yeah, boy, was that flag. But I was just going to add very quickly is that, uh, you know, as, as we were saying, in terms of the, in terms of the teen roster, you know, basically the roster of the champions mm-hmm. of the Marvel universe, you know, she, she's much more in line with, um, Amadeus Cho than, you know, Miles or, sure. or even Kamala Khan. But at the end of the day, she's probably got the least, you know, seat time. She's got the least flight time um, as as a, as a superhero. So right. all that comes into play as well. Right. Like even in her own interactions with her, you know, with her suit and just in general within and the villain that shows up. Who, speaking of Parker, um, is I guess he was a Spider Man villain because I don't remember this. So I don't you haven't been reading. Okay, yeah. you've been reading the recent Spidey stuff, especially with the Parker Industries stuff. So right. I'll, I'll, I'll fill this in. I feel I like, like I've seen. I feel like I've seen that person, but I, I don't like remember them. The I like the choice, and you and and by reading it, I, I you know you can appreciate it more if you know who the character is. Right. Right. So um, I'm going to hit the spoiler bell because I would like people to read this. So. So the initial bad guy in this in this issue in the setup issue for Riri's solo uh, series is Clash, and not the band the Clash, just Clash, and you know, but based on the, the the on his name itself, it implies that he's going to have some sort of sonic or sound uh, weaponized sound capability, and you would be right. Um, this character basically appeared in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, as Roddy Cat mentioned earlier, uh, he tried to be reform- uh, Peter Parker tried to reform him and gave him a job at Parker Industries when Peter Parker was big time 
and had money. It was a good time for you know for Peter back then. And obviously, the powers that be at Marvel uh, decided to uh, you know bring that uh, that cycle back to uh, poor Petey. Um, yeah, but ultimately, the character, the character's interaction with Ironheart in this seems so true to character, true to Clash's character, and he's actually being employed by a, a, a an organization that I don't know if it's making its first appearance in the in the the Marvel universe. But I don't think so because I think we I feel like we've we've in fact you I've, I could be wrong, but we kind of know who may may be a part of it, but I think I've seen this organization called up before. Somewhere. Okay. Well, I may, may might be wrong, but I feel like I've, I've, I've seen, or I may be projecting, thinking it's an, an old Iron Man villain, but. Well, I mean, that's what's implied. Right. That's but I feel like I've, but I, but I feel like I've seen this organization come up before. Right. Well, in the <clears> movies. Um, well, but, no, I, was, uh, I, mean, I mean, outside of that, but yeah. But uh, what we have is um, a character who could be Riri Williams, but for you know, and it's always a great you know that those always make for great stories mm-hmm. where you have these characters who, but for X, they could have been Y, and Y is the hero of the story. So, um, it, you know, it, and 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 Eve Ewing. Uh, I don't know if she's related to uh, Al Ewing or Patrick Ewing, but um, <coughs> shout out to Patrick Ewing. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I give her a lot of credit for picking a particular, you know, th- you know, this particular character to uh, play Riri off of, and I thought it was a pretty, uh, it was a strong idea, and she carried it out, and. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next issue because I hope that uh, there's additional uh, development of Riri along these lines because I really liked uh, uh, using this character as uh, as an initial foil. Right. And yeah, that which brings up another thing because um, leading up to the start of this book, you know, if you follow um, Eve Ewing's Twitter, you've seen she's done she's done her homework. She's she's. She's, and she's loving every second of it, and and that's why that's what made me enjoy this book as much as I hand I, I did, knowing, you know, that she's put as much into it. Not saying that she wasn't going to do it anyway, but she was like, you know, and apparently she's got some things coming up. That's you know that's going to be just as good. So I'm looking forward to that. So this was a I enjoyed this first issue again. Though my only issues with it had, has nothing to do with this with this book. Whoa. whoa with this issue per se is just that I, I have never liked Bendis' origin story for Riri because it just oh plays, that's right because it just plays like some uh, 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 urban movie from the 90s that he just watched and said okay yeah I'll just do this character this way and, and it feels cheap you know which and, and I'm not the only one who's 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 made that statement so it's not but it is what it is. That's that being to, said, huh? I was about to say you can feel that way, and I'm sure there's other people out there that feel that way. Unfortunately, I think Bendis was drawing on, especially putting the character in Chicago, um, uh, uh, was drawing on current events, which kind of sucks. But definitely draws on some of the uh, the '90s um, 
the nineties movies that, that that you're referencing. I'm trying to find out where the Great Lakes Avengers were based because I wanted to make a point of. Uh, well, of that. Like, yeah, but then no, that were um, I don't remember and who it's the Great Lakes Avengers. Who cares? And I don't. I have reason enough to believe that I, I'm. Sh- and first of all, when he came up with reread, there wasn't that wasn't. All. While that wasn't an ongoing thing, that wasn't an issue that was that was that prevalent in the in in any more amount of time than it has been in the past. So no, I don't believe that, and no, I, I'm going to continue not to believe that. So, because again, he has is not this is not the first character he's made some missteps with, and for seemingly the right reasons. But you know, we can agree to disagree on that one. Um. But that's it. Like I said, y'all should go check out if you if you are a fan of Riri Williams, uh, you should go check out this book. You may or may not want to go back and read Invincible Iron Man, the last run of Invincible Iron Man, and stuff come to it. Like I said, there's a nice little timeline in, in the back of the book that'll kind of get you up to speed if you if you have the means to go back to that route. Because I think they even they bring up champions when she joins the team. She bring like, they bring up when she comes into. Um, the previous previous version of of um iron man so all of that and in, in leads up to this oh we also actually like, before we go i do we do tend to find out there's a, a few bits of characters um bits that we do find out more about riri personally because there's a conversation she ends up having with an old friend of hers and we from this conversation we found out that you know which I saw the thing on the desk. I was like, okay, she's a Trekkie because she has a she has Jordy LaForge's um um you know um eyewear the the band and her and a friend talking about that and they talk about DS Nine, which is my favorite track. And so good on you, Eve Ewing. <laughs> and we find out how big of a kind of almost how big of a nerd that um that that uh, Riri is. You know. Oh so, yeah. So and apparently she she enjoys tribe called Quest. So always another plus um, that we did not know ahead of time. But like bully, bully so like, for her, right? She's too young to understand this. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um, but it was a good book. You can go on. check it out. Yes, yeah, so let us move on. Um, you got something you want to throw out, or? Oh, I can throw something out. Uh, right. I'm looking at our list because I think I have a couple of different. Did you read Marvel uh, Two Hundred One? Uh, uh, yeah, but you know, there's not too much to say about that other than that. Um, we finally find out that Rock Nicole wasn't as bad as we thought she was. Right. So yeah, let's let's, let's get into that real quick. Uh, Marvel Two Hundred One, number twelve. That is, this is the last issue of this book. It is pretty much giving closure to. Supposedly giving closure to everything from the beginning, and it kind of does and kind of doesn't because there's still maybe maybe FS is gonna bring it up. I don't know, I doubt it. But so like like uh, like uh, seventy said, yeah, the, we find out that Rockness not as which we kind of knew to a certain extent. Like the reason why she was doing the things she was doing was because of her was because of her sister who's in the hospital, who's unconscious, who's in a coma. You know, so we knew that from already going into it, but you know, things happen, and you know, as she says in this book, she's willing to do whatever she could for her sister, which, which kind of uh, put things in perspective for, you know, the Fantastic Four because some similar things have played out between them. Um, you know, Johnny gets the gets the, gets apologized to 
as as Ben did in the last issue, uh, they basically come together once again as a family, and, and it all gets nice and neatly wrapped up. You know, yeah, there's a thing with the mole man that just happens to come come into play, but that's you know that's not is it, that's a side note. But it all just is in service of getting to, to wrapping up this book, which I feel like in a way slightly rushed. I'm not sure why. Um, and that there's still something, some unfinished business that could have been that could have been addressed. Possibly did with uh, Rock and the Sister, but again, I don't. I didn't expect that one to be, you know. I well, actually, I did half expect that one to be going to be like, hey, we found a cure because you know everybody's back and then Reed fixed her, you know, got her back to got her back up. So I don't know if that stuff's going to come back up in FF or not, but it is what it is on that. Um, I was about to say, we're not sure that Reed is fixed yet. So um, No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, but I figured, you know, well, to, for them to put a, a really neat bow on it, that she would have just like, they would have taken care of that in addition to getting their family back to a certain spot. Very quickly, though, what's funny is that at least... At least chronologically, this comes after Fantastic Four number four, which is out this week. And Correct. Just very quickly on this, um, we finally have the multitudes of members of the Fantastic Four transported back to Earth after Reed um, had summoned them all in um, in a last ditch effort against uh, the big bad from the first three issues, whose name. I remember. I just read, but it's escaping me at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, essentially, a lot of the issue is the FF kind of catching up with some of the characters that uh, that have made up various versions of the Fantastic Four in the past. But then we have um, the introduction of this new group of. Uh, characters who are taking up residence in the um, Baxter building and it's not it's no spoiler they're on the cover they're called the Fantastics which but I it's all like, which I feel like they're 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 um I feel like it's a take on the DC's um Fantastic Four current Fantastic Four <laughs> it was a terrific terrific yeah right so that said um it all turns out to be uh you know, without spoiling it too much, it's a publicity stunt, and uh, the, you know these characters are going to be there for a while because ultimately the FF lets them, you know, lets them lets them be after uh, the publicity stunt is exposed, and the new status quo that was revealed not too long ago is going to be that the FF is moving into Four Yancey Street, which is the building that uh, Ben Grimm lives in. So Reed is going to get to work transforming that into uh, Fantastic Four headquarters, and the final scene is basically uh, Ben uh, laying out a, a lawn chair on the roof, saying, "I kind of miss having some privacy now that the families are back together again." So, ah, which leads back into the last couple of pages of Marvel Two and One Twelve. Right. Gotcha. Okay, so I haven't read Fantastic Four, and I and I knew, and I knew halfway through that it was going to tie into FF because you know I did not know that's where the tie was. Oh, you know what? I you know actually I think I crossed over I crossed over brainwaves. 
because I think that was the ending of that was the ending of Fantastic Four. Right, right, right. Right. But um, but uh, no, the ending of Fantastic Four is them moving into the building. Huh. And that's the, but like I said, that's how you get the chronolo- the sure. chronologically before uh, Marvel two one number twelve. Right. I understand. No, that's fine. That's fine. But it still kind of makes makes some sense. So, um, I guess there's really nothing else to say about that then, because like I I just need to catch up on Fantastic Four. So, okay. So where oh, this still has questions, and I guess maybe I need to read three and four and to see what happens with that, because I'm like, wait. So when they came back, they didn't go back to the, the back to Baxter, Baxter Building. They did, and that's when they found they, these people. They tried, right? Exactly. Okay, so because it was kind of called, so it was my understanding from excuse me from Marvel Tour twelve they were on top of the Baxter Baxter Building, which makes sense because it didn't really look completely straight. So, mm-hmm. so okay, well that makes something slightly clearer. So okay, right. well that's that's both of those books. There's a new status quo going forward. Sure. I don't know that's, that whole thing with, with the Marvel Tour one well, and stuff has been weird. I was about to say the next issue is the wedding, right? So, yeah. So they got to clean it up to get to that point. Exactly. And Alicia's going to be a scroll. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they said it's not going to be. I know, I know, I know. But, All right. So, um, so yeah, we got anything else before we wrap it, or because I've got let me see, I've only got like two books left, three books left actually. Excuse me. I read a bunch this week. Um... Did you read? Well, no. Oh yeah, um, Black Panther number six. We both read that. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, moving the yes. story forward. We're still not dealing <clears throat> with the protagonist that we think we're dealing with. Maybe we actually we're actually on a side story dealing with uh, the White Wolf and um, and uh, and who, who's actually. Uh, 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 found himself in a side venom story. Yeah. Which again, not not the first time, well not again, but not the first time in recent history that um Venom and Black Panther has merged together because um Shuri author um uh Nettie Okorafor did a did a um did a um a recent miniseries or a couple of issues of mini resources where a, a new Black Panther in the future came about and happened to do with a Venom symbiote and a little girl becoming Black Panther. So, not the first recently, which I was like, I thought it was kind of weird to show up here again, but yeah. So, apparently, uh, Ninja Daka, um, I want to say aka Killmonger, but I don't know why I, I want to do that. But regardless, um, the Emperor. Of the Wakandan uh, Empire is seeking more power, so so to speak, and apparently we find out in what seems to be a, a, a long con from from Coates is that when the Wakandan gods left Earth, which apparently they actually did, and in because um, we wasn't sure where that where that storyline was going, they actually went out into space. Um, to, apparently, found them. Yes, and and we've. Found them in the Bukhanan Empire out in space. Um, there is a long conversation about that and the history of the the, uh, the Emperor, who apparently we find out has a symbiote. 
and uh, some shenanigans happens where I don't know if the if Bast was killed or merged. Well, merged we do know, but merged into the Emperor by some kind of way with the symbiote, which is still weird to me. But the Emperor got a power upgrade, and I guess this is where the part of that long con that that Kosa's may or may not be doing is coming coming to. So. Where this goes from here, we don't know. But apparently this is going to start a new arc after this, now that he has his, his upgrade. And I guess we're going to go back to T'Challa, quote-unquote. Actually, we are, we can, it's pretty much safe to say that that the, the that is actual T'Challa. I think we, we know that now. Because we know he and Eden went out into space. You know, We know even though he doesn't have his memories, that's him. Because he's having memories of, you know, people back home. We know Shuri's looking for him based on Shuri number two that we talked about earlier. And she finds the ship and apparently finds, I don't know if she finds a wormhole, but whatever she found that that put her in her her recent predicament may or may not. I doubt that that um, these two books will merge at any point. But regardless, we pretty much know enough enough to start, hey, this is A, B, and C. So, wherever this next uh, arc is going to go, which apparently is going to have a new artist uh, um, until uh, Akuna comes back in issue thirteen, is going to be some is going to be going somewhere different. So, so buckle up! It's it's going to be a a long ride too. But we did we do have some answers. It's a long, yeah. long. Which I mean, again, like I said earlier, sometimes it's good to enjoy the journey. Like I I get. Wanting like it's it just kind of seems a departure from the stuff that's went on in the last volume. It's a long ride. It was actually nice to see things that I recognized. Right. So and, oh the Wakandan gods, I remember this. Right. I'm like wow, yeah, because I, I said the same thing. I'm like, huh? Did he actually brought that back into play. All right. Cool. Good. All right. So at some point, things are going to start, you know, tying back merch. in. Right. So. Now I'm actually really curious as to how he plans to um, to stick this and you know either bring it back to where it was or do something with you know with, with what's going on here. So, all right, that is that. All right, so I guess I'll spin up the cannon and uh, what's it called? We'll do rapid fire and everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Unless we want to talk about in depth. No, no, no. All right, here we go. So we'll do we'll, we'll we'll start it up and we'll do last week's first, and then we'll jump to this week's. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so um, from last week, I've got uh, Tony Stark Iron Man number six. Um, there's some bad stuff going on in this uh, new virtual reality that Tony Stark is trying to sell to uh, kickstart profits at his uh, new uh, company. And uh, obviously things go badly very quickly. Um, there's been some uh, insider... Um, you know, some uh, some covert activity afoot in his company, and uh, it's actually an interesting character that uh, is behind it all. Is and, there a ghost um, involved? Was that? Is there a ghost involved? No. Oh. No, 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 no. It's de- it's definitely someone who was involved in the first Armor Wars, but only on a very small scale. Okay. 
you know, like I said, it's not, um, it's, it's actually, uh, trying to think. No, it's an Iron Man. It's an Iron Man character. It's, I, I don't want to confuse, uh, let's just say, I don't want to confuse him with Psycho Man. So, gotcha. that being said, the only other book I had from last week was Uncanny X-Men number two. There's some, uh, stuff going on. The, the, the cliffhanger at the end of the first issue of Uncanny was good. Um, I can actually tie this into this week's Uncanny X-Men issue. Um, it's kind of fun to be able to read them back to back because of the holiday. Um, uh, you know, and be able to talk about them. Some of the beats in this are very reminiscent of Avengers Disassembled. That's why they're calling it X-Men Disassembled. Um, you, you know, Legion is involved and that's sort of like the Scarlet Witch of it all. <clears throat> and without saying too much more, um, there's a, a weird set of horsemen that come up. And that's uh, the end of issue three. So this is a combination rapid-fire review of Uncanny X-Men 2 and 3. Oh, okay. Are you good, or you got some more? No, that's for last week. Okay. You want to go ahead and do this week, too, or...? Okay, well, yeah, sure, we'll do nice. I'll do my sooner from last week. Uh, GoBots number one. So, I don't know. I was I was particularly snarky about this one. But all I will say is that GoBots are on Earth. They're kind of helping. Like, it's no big deal that they're on Earth, that they're helping people. Like, people know about them. Um, you know, like, Leader One is, 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 is helping out. This Air Force dude, you know, he has a partner in the Air Force. Scooter has this, um, is friends with this little girl who's in college, who I think was in the show. Actually, now that I think about it, the name, the name of the girl is 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 also from the show. Psych Hill is um is part of some underground fight club. Um, uh, so yeah, and uh, Turbo is like a. The winningest start car racers or something like that. So they're the so the GoBots are here and they're kind of around. <clears throat> but there are also some rogue GoBots that are kind of out there that um, that the the military gets wind of, uh, causing trouble. Kind of find out that no no surprise, Cycle's a part of, um, and who want to eventually take over the Earth. That's pretty much the short straw of it, but. Um, I don't know. The whole thing felt like, <clears throat> like Tom Scioli did GI Joe versus the last GI Joe versus Transformers miniseries, and the art was distracting enough to where I think both PC and Underscore Dirt and I really couldn't read it. I don't know if he actually went back and read it or not, but it looks like uh, Scioli, Scioli, who wrote and drew this and that his art looks a lot cleaner in this one so that's slightly a plus he's it looks like i'm not saying he's taking notes from his art kind of is kind of reminiscent of um ed Piscor's style to a point like they're using somewhat of a similar style so for ed Piscor, you know his is rooted slightly differently but you can kind of tell their, their similarities regardless i don't know like i said in my notes it, it felt like someone who really wanted to write transformers who played titanfall 2 you know, wrote a, is starting is writing a story that is using the former what he would have done with the former. I don't know. It's it's okay. Um, and my last book from last week is 
West Coast Avengers number four, which I was kind of browsing through during the course of this this um this show. And this is basically seemingly ends up the Burdock thing because Kate Bishop got turned into a giant hawk lady um, and was you know was uh, kind of messing around the place along with the other giant ladies that that um, Burdock slash Modok had uh, transformed into two hundred foot women. But that got turned around. Brodok got turned back into uh, um, Modok and got taken care of. But this leads to, you know, our Avengers being on TV and getting win from getting, you know, getting win from, let's say, X, somewhat X uh, Hawkeye and X uh, West Coast Avengers villains who look like they may or may not end up coming together. Uh, in the coming issue. So we will see. And there's that still that thing with uh, Quentin Quire and Gwenpool. That's still weird. But yeah, that's the thing. There you go. So that's all my books from last week. All right. So we'll move to this week's books. Uh, very quickly, Amazing Spider-Man number 10 was an entertaining issue. We get a little bit of resolution to... Uh, Everybody's gear being stolen by the New York chapter of the Thieves Guild. Um, the side story in this is actually the driving force behind how the story in this book is told. How the what you think is the primary story in this book is being told. It's actually uh, Mary Jane joining uh, a help uh, a, a, a self no not not self help a therapy group uh, kind of a superhero. Uh, spouse or friend or <coughs> relation anonymous. Uh, one of the one of the uh, the driving forces behind the group is Jarvis. You know, dealing with uh, being a support, uh, being part of the support system for a super, for superheroes, and uh, you know, it's actually an interesting um, it's an interesting uh, premise that drives this issue and uh, kind of shows how. Mary Jane and Peter Parker's relationship has evolved, and uh, there's actually a couple of really nice moments in the book that uh, you know, for longtime Spidey fans, you know, kind of come, you know, kind of, kind of come as and, and they feel well earned. Um, Daredevil number six twelve is the last issue of this volume of Daredevil. It is the last issue for Charles Soule on Daredevil. It is the the final issue of the Death of Daredevil storyline. And it actually is, it's not quite the sixth sense, but it's very similar. I'll put it that way. And uh, we're left with, and, you know, and, and, and we're left with a great uh, final couple of pages and panels. So I would definitely recommend um, if you, if you don't read any of souls, Daredevil, read this final arc. It's actually pretty fun. I assume uh, he's not actually dead, though. It can't be, because we've already read the solicits. Like I said, we're right. the insider. So, <laughs> I'm not talking about the weekly Daredevil series that's coming out in January. I'm talking about the one that's already in solicits for February. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we already got the, the one we already talked about, you know, who has a, a creative team. Yes, I got it. Right. So, okay. So ultimately, you know, uh, it it doesn't leave it with a true cliffhanger at the end because, you know, let's just say the heart monitor doesn't lie. 
Um, <laughs> and finally, no, that that covers it. We, we covered everything I want to talk about because I've read a lot this week. I just you know I, I kind of got to um, X Men number three pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if there's anything else. No, that's it pretty much. Oh, Return of Wolverine, Hot Claws. Return of Wolverine number three. Woo, Hot Claws. Yeah, it's not it's not reading very well. Mm. Weird. I mean, I kind I kind of get it, and I kind of don't. You know, mm-hmm. like let's make some let's do something cool with Wolverine coming back. Uh, well, I suspect some of that is going to play into stuff that we found out in Avengers. What it sounds like, right? And Thor. <clears throat> so and actually, was, I think, and I think there might be some news about that in uh, later on. Now that I think about it. But right, it's still whatever. Well, I don't care. Uh, so my last couple of books, um, Titans number thirty. They're still stuck on a, a planet. So if you're reading the digital version, um, uh, from like Comicsology someplace, then you may or may not have been sp- kind of sort of spoiled on a thing that happens at the end of the book. But it's not that big of a deal, kind of sort of. Um, so they're still traveling on the planet. Um, Beast Boy's going crazy. Uh, Miss Martian turned into a white Martian because she's so weak that she couldn't keep her maintain a form. A whole bunch of secrets, well, not a whole bunch of secrets, but a, a, a couple of secrets came out, aka Miss Marvel, Miss Marvels, Miss Martians, excuse me. Um, because apparently, you know, if you've watched Young Justice, that was a thing. I could have sworn in DC comic com book proper that has come out before, so I don't know if this is the first time this has come out. Um, since rebirth, or at all, now that I think about it, because uh, I know this has come up before in the past, but it is a thing. Regardless, um, and some things come out. They, Donna finally tells the 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 crew about Roy dying, but they still don't know about Wally apparently. And apparently, um, and I haven't been reading Green Arrow, so so apparently, um. The, the funeral, Roy's funeral was already has already happened, and I know they're gonna do something with Wally's soon. Then that keeps coming up, I know, but then it is what it is, and especially with Heroes and Christ is kind of bringing up Wally and what happens to him. So that's the thing, but they're still out in space, like I said. Um, things kind of get moderately back to order, or at least not back to order. They. You know, they get scrounged around for things. And then they end up uh, meeting up with a Green Lantern at the end of the book because of the, because of the beacon that they set off. Guess which, be- which lantern it is, though? Come on, take a guess. Kilowog. No. <laughs> Kyle Rayner. Oh, he's still alive? Apparently. that Exactly. I said the exact same thing. <laughs> exactly. Because cause last thing, last time we saw him was um, the Mega Man, I believe. Unless he's floating, been floating around somewhere. But I was like, wow, he, I hadn't seen him in a minute. But yeah, they meet up with Kyle Rayner. So I guess they're going to have adventures with him. You know. That's uh, fine. Oh, so... Or at least uh, he's going to probably help them get back to Earth or something like that. And I think the the last book I have, uh, real quickly, is Darth Vader number 24, in which um, Darth Vader... So to, the, the person, the, the Sith that made Darth Vader's car- uh, castle um, betrayed him, but not before Vader and his troops 
get under siege by the inhabitants of Mustafar, who takes out most of the stormtroopers and whatnot, but don't take out Vader, but then get dealt with by Vader. Um, and like I said, then Vader goes to deal with the Sith that, that betrayed him. Uh, he deals with that. And then, you know, the secrets of the doorway that is opened up because of the, the dark side of the force mumbo jumbo uh gets revealed and now vader who gets chopped up in a similar way who has a couple different familiar moments from his past um things get chopped off um you know he gets lava covered you know left that kind of stuff you know um but doorway opens and now he's gonna go through it and we'll see what happens after that and that is that and we're done with the books. So, we're coming up to the clicks of the week. Mm-hmm. And we start off with the book from last week, which is, um, well, we don't have, I'll go ahead and say, mine's from last week was Doctor <coughs> Strange number eight. Okay. Because that was a good book. And we don't have any from Tim or um, Dirt from last week. So, you got one? I'm going to go with... Spider-Geddon number four. Because, once again, they make me want to punch out Otto Octavius. Which is not that hard of a feeling. I get it. Um, And for this week, we did get one from Tim, which was Amazing Spider-Man number 10, 10 which I think he said was on the book he read anyway, but <laughs> still. <laughs> um, it's a little tougher. There's a, there's a lot to pick from. Kind of. Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm going to go with Daredevil number 612. <coughs> I liked it. It was good. It was good. I really liked. I, I was a big fan of uh, the uh, the minor sixth sense twist at the end. Although I'm sure there's more apropos uh, comparisons out there. Yeah, well, you know, if Daredevil sees anything, it's dead people. Um, and we didn't get anything from Dirt. For myself, I think I will go with. Hmm. I don't know. You're right. This is a slightly tougher one. Um, I think I might go with Ironheart number one. I did enjoy Heroes in Crisis a, a good bit for for the act, a little bit of action and whatnot, or for a little bit of what we did get in that one. I'm not gonna say just strictly action, but but Ironheart number one, it's good stuff. All right. So we finished our reviews. We're up to our first ad read of the night. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron. Blue Apron's meal delivery service provides fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link 
at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we go into the news. News. Excuse me. And we start off as we tend to do about this time with the cinematic news for a couple last couple of weeks. And that is Birds of Prey movie cast its Cassandra Kane. Now may have sound like we've talked about this before, but no. Uh, Warner Bros. in DC have found their Cassandra Crane for Birds of Prey in newcomer Ella J. Basco. Um, don't know who that is, but there you go. Not me. Yeah. Wonder Woman 1984, Gal Gadot shares a fight training video online. Excellent. That movie and her is shaping up. Boom, boom. Um... See, Aquaman, a week early in the U.S., thanks to Amazon, and I will go ahead and say that I have taken advantage of this thing. <clears throat> so what it is, is if you have Amazon Prime specifically, um, mm-hmm. there is a link, uh, you can, Amazon.com, A-D-L-P, slash, slash uh, Aquaman movie, that will take you to um, a site on Amazon. You can order tickets, but not only you can order tickets for a screening of Aquaman that is a week early, um, from the from the um, from when it releases, in fact, it's going to be on the fifteenth of. It releases on the twenty first. Uh, the screening is on the fifteenth of December, which is a Saturday. Um, so you can order tickets there if there's still some available in your local area. the The, the screening is at seven o'clock p.m. and it's at one thousand movie theaters. But you can actually. It's actually kind of interesting because you can buy the tickets there, you can buy your concessions there also, and pick your seats. So, I don't know if, again, at this point, like this was from like a week or so ago, so, well, it's from the 19th, so it wasn't that long ago, but still. Um, it may or may not still be available. You can go check if you're interested. Shout out to Classic Materia. Of course. Because I know he's a big Aquaman fan. Of course. So, next up. Oh, it's actually showing, uh, which one called? It's actually showing near me. Oh, nice. Look at that. A couple of theaters. Yeah, so. I've got a choice. Nice. So, so it's not necessarily moving forward our call because it's on a Saturday, but, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be a week prior to the actual release, so. Right. And then we'd have to all keep our big fat trap shut. Yes. By the way. The Great Lakes Avengers were based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There we go. Yeah, I knew it was someplace. That's why nobody remembers. Yep. All right. uh, Next. Shout out to the brew because I do know some people from Milwaukee. So. (laughs) Next up, Mary Poppins. Actual Mary Poppins. I know, right? Andrews (laughs) was cast in Aquaman, and now her role has been revealed. She has a voiceover role. Mm -hmm. She's playing the voice of Carathon. I guess a mystical sea, a mythical sea creature that helps Aquaman negotiate peace between Atlantis and the world above. Okay. And apparently she's done a little bit of voice work before, which yeah, sure. She's Mary Poppins y'all. Um, next up the new gods, Ava DuVernay signs multi-year TV deal with Warner brothers. Good for her. Get that work, Ava. Um, so writer, director, producer, Ava DuVernay has signed a multi-year and multi-genre 
overall TV deal with Mon- uh, Warner Brothers Television Group, according to Deadline. Uh, Divinay produces under her forward movement shingle will pro- reportedly receive roughly a hundred million. You know, whatever she's get that money, girl. So she's also doing a, a new New Gods movie, which is, we've already talked about in the past for uh, DC. We will see if it comes to fruition. We always have to take this stuff with a grain of salt. True, but it seems like if they're going this far with it, I think I feel like this one's probably coming because I know there was supposed to be a couple of them in, in development, but this one seemed like it. This one might have some legs. Anywho, only be, the only reason why I say that is now that she's got TV. You know, TV true. actually comes out quicker. It's true. Uh, you know, um, it's you know, it's kind of interesting to see if uh, it's going to you know take a more circuitous route to getting you know made and released if she's got this tv stuff that's on her plate as well mm-hmm. um <clears throat> death of superman reign of the superman receiving a theatrical release so the animation film is going to be released in theaters in january 2019 in a two-day double feature event in select cinemas Yes, uh, January Sunday, January thirteenth, Monday, January the fourteenth, both uh, with both films being screened in succession, and you can go to Fathom's website for tickets because apparently that's already a thing. Or if you've already bought, well, never mind. If you already bought the death of the, the death of uh, Superman DVD, you can go oh, yeah. out and just see the 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 new one when it comes out. Um, Get on the big screen, right? Which I'm not sure. Now that I think about it, it's on DC Universe. If you have that too, I, I believe it's on. I, I might be wrong about that. Regardless, Young Justice season three. Speaking of DC Universe, uh, trailer teases Apocalypse announces premiere date. So Young Justice Outsiders season three is going to come uh, January fourth, twenty nineteen. Speaking of which, the Young Justice Outsiders um, is getting an official trailer. Yep. Yeah, that's that. Uh, that's that's an official trailer. Yeah. Actually, right. wait, did so I put it in a tweet? Yeah, I did. Story. Yeah, same story. <laughs> uh, so next up, Supergirl cast John Cryer as Lex Luthor. Wait a second. Yes, Ducky, folks. Ducky is going to be I was your... about to say, What? I, you know what? So, so when this came out, I saw this and I'm like, they're casting Ducky from from freaking Pretty in Pink <laughs> as as Lex Luthor, also from Two and a Half Men, sure, whatever. But Ducky, but then I thought about it. It's like, you know what? I can see Ducky making a, a heel turn as as wrestling folks, and I, I hurt myself for even saying that. But um, I can see Ducky going full super villain, but that's still weird. So yes, he's going to be the Lex Luthor on on um, Supergirl. I'm actually want to catch up and see that happen. Okay. Yeah, Ducky, folks. <laughs> next up, <clears throat> you got next. Yep. Uh, Ruby Rose's Batwoman arrives in new Arrowverse crossover image. So yeah, we now we have now have an image of uh, Ruby Rose in the Batwoman costume. Thanks to um, Entertainment Weekly, I guess. So, yeah, it looks good. Hey, looks like Batwoman. Costume, yeah, it definitely looks like Batwoman. That's, you know, that's one of the more authentic-looking costumes. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I believe that crossover happens in next week. Next week, actually. 
So stay tuned if you're not if you're caught up. So uh, Stephen Amell recently met with Smallville with the with the, what is it the three Smallville stars? I don't know oh, no. all three of them. No, I think it was just two of them. It was uh, Tom oh. Welling and Michael Rosenberg. Right. <clears throat> Uh, that prompted some speculation of a crossover uh, between the old CW and the new CW. Except for it's, uh, if you're looking at the picture that is on video, it is him in his office for his wine, uh, knocking point wines. So it could be more along the lines of teasing something for that and not um, and not anything Arrowverse related, but it is still kind of funny that Arrowverse, I mean, that uh, Stephen America does kind of come out here when certain things Arrowverse related comes out. I'm like, wait, does he have EP shares or something? Which maybe he does. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because like, he's, right. yeah, he's always the first one out the gate talking about this and another. So again, like this has probably has nothing to do with Arrowverse and more to, to, to him hawking his wines. Um, next up. I'm sorry, I'm moving. Come on, get out, get up, get up. Uh, boop. Legacies pulled off the first ever Vampire Diaries DC crossover of some sort. So apparently there's a supernatural teenage drama called Legacies that the, the, the WB is doing. And in one of the episodes, uh, one of the characters has a nightmare about Swamp Thing. Ha! <laughs> And, made a heart sing. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Not Swamp Thing. It's uh, Gorilla Grodd. Not not Swamp Thing. Really? Yes. So, and apparently, this is according to the court here. We want MG. I don't know who the character is, but to have a nightmare about a monster from the comic books he was reading. So we asked uh, Greg Belanti and DC Universe if we could borrow "quote unquote" Grodd. Plex tweeted. They were very generous. The first uh, TVDU DCU crossover. Interesting. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think I know why you were thinking Swamp Thing because the next story is production begins on Swamp Thing. Yes. The next all original <clears throat> DC Universe series is now production on is now underway. Yay! It'll make your heart sing. It'll make everything. Not quite groovy. All right, all right. (laughs) Moving right along. Uh, Punisher star John Bernthal teases season two with cryptic tweet. So, and we see the tweet here. It says TikTok. And underneath the picture of the Punisher and some other dude uh, all bloodied up. So, it sounds like he might be, you know, hyping up season two. We don't know if that's actually the case. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's saying TikTok. Where's my season two? No, oh, right. <laughs> Just, come on, release it already. It's already done. Right. So we'll see. All right. Next up, Army Hammer. Uh, this is what I have to say whenever I hear or see anything about Army Hammer. No, what a name, right? Right, so what kills me is that supposedly this guy is, you know, like trying his best to be, you know, an action star, and you would think, you would think, he would try to endear himself to the genre fans. But no, he apparently said something along the lines of, uh, let's see, oh, 
he was touched by all of the celebrities posting pictures of themselves with Stan Lee. And there's no better way to commemorate an absolute legend than putting up a picture of yourself. Yeah, so, so not exactly the most sensitive tweet out there uh, from this guy. Yeah, he also later says, like, if Stan impacted your life, i.e. all of our lives with his work, post the wor- his work that touches you the most. Posting a selfie makes makes his death about you and how cool you how cool you felt taking a picture of him. Okay, here's how I feel about this. He is not entirely wrong by what I... And if I use another case, he is not entirely wrong. But at the same time, he fucked up because he made this about himself. Mm. And as a matter of fact, even down down in this article that um, that says that, it was like, congrats, because I think it was... Who was it? Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan from Walking Dead and, and Supernatural said... Uh, looks like you found a way to use others' way of mourning and their memories to draw some attention to yourself. You sound mm-hmm. like a real asshat, which I thought mm-hmm. was really funny. And again, true, because he did. But then the reason why I said he's not entirely wrong is because like, I get what he's trying to say. It still doesn't make any sense because if the only thing you have on you is a picture of you and Stan Lee, then... Boom, that's that is your that's your commemoration. Like, look, you got it. Yes, like, yes, it seemed like a way. It might seem like a way that you're using this. Like, hey, I got this picture of Stanley. <laughs> but no, I, and I get what you're sure saying. It's like, no okay. one meant it that way, right? That's the thing, right? Now, the, and the reason why I I feel like he's kind of sort of right is because I have seen, like, for instance, when Craig Mack died, um, uh, Easy Mo B, I think it was Easy Mo B. Uh, went to Instagram and basically put out a video of him make, with making the beat for Flavor in Your Ear. Mm-hmm. In that respect, he didn't make it about because I think he and even he said something like, "This is the beat that that made you know Craig famous or something like that." Something like I don't remember what it was. That's so all. I might be wrong about what it exactly said. Regardless, that was more about Ezmo B than it was about Craig Mack. Mm-hmm. So that. Is an instance I can see where he would be right in this one, but no, nah, he came out his he came out his face wrong, kind of. Like, yeah, I get what he's trying to say. It's like, yeah, okay, you know, uh, an issue of Spider Man or something like that. But no, if, you, if these people got got issues of you know, people got you know pictures of them with Stanley, and who knows if that the picture the them might have been, um, you know. He might have said Stanley might have said something to do either before or after that picture been saying it that endeared them or something. It might not have been something that Stan wrote or anything, you know. So him coming out of his face and saying it's like, oh, you just wanted to get, you just wanted to show yourself you you and Stan. Like I kind of get it, but at the same time, he was totally wrong. Yep. So speaking of paying respect to Stanley, exactly. Uh, Chadwick Boseman sends Stan Lee to the other side with a round of drumming, which, you know, uh, Chadwick still, you know, still, I'm not saying earning, earning, but then he's building up that, uh, that Black Panther, you know, cred. Actually, there was an article, I've seen some, an article about that. It was like, yeah, he actually deserved to be Black Panther and some of the stuff he's done. So anyway, he was on Twitter and he, uh, you can see his Twitter here says, I know how much you love Joan. Uh, the only way we should send you home is to celebrate. And, and, and of course, he tags the rest and lean. What a life. Uh, with uh, Miss you on the docks. Miss mm-hmm. you backstage. Wakanda forever. And this is, well. Yeah, what I was going to say, just in addition to, to that. 
uh, as a quick aside, you know, it, it makes you remember that uh, Bozeman was lucky enough to be cast in this character for a, for for a few mo- you know like a few movies back. Mm-hmm. So he had more time with Stan, right? Than you think, and that's you know, and he, and he's fortunate, you know, and he can he can talk at length about that. Like he can actually talk like. You know, maybe not. Uh, he doesn't go back as far as maybe like uh, Downey Jr. or Chris Evans, not yeah, exactly. But he's not like a brand new. You know, he's he's he already had Civil War under his belt, mm-hmm. you know, before Black Panther, and then he had uh, Avengers. So if you think about it, um, he's already had you know a decent number of films as Black Panther. So he actually goes back further, and he actually had a chance to interact with Stan before Stan really deteriorated to that point. Right. So that's you know it, it, it's it, it's nice to you know it, it, it's a nice reminder. Hmm. So and that is not all of the Stanley news, but that'll be later on in the in the news. Right. Um, <clears throat> so next up, uh, Chloe Bennett shares. What Quake is going to look like in the now renewed Agents of Shield season six? Mm-hmm. So, and if you're watching the video, which you should sometimes, because hey, hey, it's fairly comic authentic. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, wait, did she have purple highlighters in the? No, I I said fairly. Right. I'm talking about costume. Oh well, yeah, about... they've been they've been slowly getting to that for the, uh, from what I remember the last couple of seasons. So right. it's slow. Yeah, it's definitely a, they're, they're definitely doing they're, they're slow rolling this one. So. Mm-hmm. But regardless, hey, you know, hey. Yeah, the look. whole purple highlights thing. She always had dark hair. She never had any highlights. So. Right. So, eh. Just what it is. Um, but, hey, good on them. Uh, next up, a Spider-Gwen film is leading the charge for Sony's animated Spider-Verse plans. So this is coming off of the not-yet-released um, Enter the Spider-Verse, which now that I'm talking about, I forgot. There was a, um, there was a book on that that came out this week. Um, and I didn't read it, and I don't think none of us did. Regardless, so there's going to be another. There's going to be another uh, animated movie, and maybe it's going to be Spider-Man. Where, yeah, I was about to say maybe this is where Sony should stay. This is their pocket. You know, maybe, maybe. they should leave the live action stuff to Marvel. Marvel uh, proper. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, into the I've heard, I've been seeing you know some. Well, there's the, positive. I don't know if you have anything in the news, but there's been positive reviews so far. Uh, I didn't put it in the news, but that's what I was getting to. Yeah, the, I've I've seen positive um part of things about the Into the Spider Verse movie that is coming up, and I can't wait to see it. And in fact, I, I almost went to mute it because I was like, I don't want to see that. I just want to see the movie. Mm-hmm. So, no, but ultimately, like I said, maybe this <coughs> stuff is Sony's pocket. You know, they don't, you know, so long as they don't bogart the entire license and tell Marvel to go suck it when it comes to the live action stuff, mm-hmm. maybe this is the pocket they need to stay in. Maybe. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're going to, they're going to inhabit it one way or the other. You know, uh, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to, you know, budgets, obviously this is less. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't necessarily have to blow it out every time. They don't have to worry about casting all the time. Well, I mean, they do to a point, but yeah, not live action casting. Well, I mean, exactly, not live action casting. Right. 
But yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I feel fairly certain that Into the Spider Verse is probably going to do well, and I, I think they've been seeing this ahead of time. That's why they're going along with these plans. Mm-hmm. So, and but apparently, to this, um, let's see the spinoff based around Gwen Stacy, the radioactive Spider Gwen, the the movie. Well, like Spider-Verse, include multiple Spider-Heroes, but this time they'll all be female. Uh, nothing's been confirmed yet, but uh, how do reporters suggest Madam Web, uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Jessica Drew, possibly, although technically Gwen goes by that moniker, yeah. Uh, Spider-Girl, who could be any number of either, you know, could be Mayday to Anya. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk, who is rumored to be getting her own film as uh, potential allies for Gwen. So, like I said, if they keep it in the animated realm, yeah, it lessens their risk and it gives them a lot of leeway in terms of uh, you know, storytelling possibilities. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how that works out. I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure they they had definitely have plans to 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 milk it. Well, yeah, but like I said, they don't necessarily have to play hardball with the live action. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, because they do have another revenue stream, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, again, what's it? I don't know. Leave it to us. Leave it. Leave it to us to think of it in that. You know, in, in, I mean, in that regard, right? I mean, but sad. It's a sad state of affairs. It's kind of okay. a way to think about it. So. All right. Uh, next up, I think it's my turn. Yeah. Disney's turning the original Star Wars movies into animated shorts for children. See now, this is the <laughs> dark side of animation. But don't don't. Oh God! I mean, so, <clears throat> I, I as a Star Wars, I, I shouldn't even say that. I hate because that as a quarter, but 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 you know, I don't have a problem with this as much. Like, yeah, you can safely say that the Disney is Disney is milking and milking the Star Wars license for all right. it's worth, which that's a fair assessment. You know, making something a little more kid friendly, and arguably the, the original trilogy is kind of still. I mean, I don't know. It's been so, the, with the other shorts they've been doing, they've been they've been doing all right with that stuff. So I don't know. I'm not too terribly opposed to this. But like I said, we have yeah. to see what this actually turns out to be. Because uh, if it's anything like those Forces of Destiny ones that came out, I'm pretty sure they'll come out pretty decently. I was gonna. I was the only thing I was gonna add is that. I haven't been around young, young kids watching the original trilogy right. in a while. So I can't tell if any of it really looks dated <coughs> to them. It probably does. And anything that, you know, kind of freshens up the look but doesn't stray too far from the story. Right. Probably a good thing. Right. Which I would hope, yeah, they they would not take too many liberties or if any at all changing the story because that'd be... That that would be terrible because they've already right. made all those changes to the live action to the to the to the my right Lucas edits right. right right which I hope they bring Especially the originals back yeah and I still hate those um, regardless we'll see uh, I don't know if there's any word and then they talk about the special editions in this article actually I don't know when this is, this might be sometime next year before we see this though oh wait no the first six shorts will no which launch on November the thirtieth which is tomorrow. tomorrow. On a website and a YouTube channel called Star Wars Kids. So, hey, if you're watching this, um, if you're listening to this after the time, you can go check them out. See if your kids or you, if you're a Star Wars fan, I want to check this out. 
So next up, um, sad news. SpongeBob SquarePants creator Steven Hillenburg has died of uh, ALS. Sadly, I did not know he was sick. Yeah, neither did I. So uh, apparently this come, this news comes from Nickelodeon's uh, Twitter page that says, We are sad to share the news of the passing of Steven Hillenburg, the creator of SpongeBob's SquarePants. Today we are observing a moment of silence to honor his life and work. And that happened on the 27th, uh, which we are recording a couple days after that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait. I see something that says Daredevil was canceled. So maybe that'll be some news for next week. Bum, uh, bum. Um, but, yeah. Anywho, yeah, we'll save that right, for next last week. Up. Next up. Next up. Uh, let's see. Kingsman, the Golden Circle sequel is reportedly still in the works and will star Taron Egerton or Egerton and Colin Firth. So we had re- we had previously reported that uh, the next Kingsman movie would not be a sequel to Golden Circle, right? And would not have Taron Egerton in the uh, the role of Eggsy, which but was now- slightly confusing when we when we first saw that because it, the the made it sound like it was the next movie, meaning the sequel, and not whatever that prequel ends up being. Right, and now there is word that there's actually going to be a proper sequel to Kingsman: The Golden Circle, and I have to say, it's th- these movies aren't terrible. No, they're not. They're entertaining, mm-hmm. and uh, I caught up with uh, these two movies on cable recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both happened to be showing, you know, one was on HBO, the recent one's on HBO, and the older one was on one of the other, you know, networks. Probably and, an HBO channel, or an HBO-owned channel, but yeah, sure. Right, I, you know, you know, you, you, you happen to catch them in various segments, and, you know, I discovered that they were fairly entertaining. So. I know, yeah, they're, 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 they're actually in, in enjoyable films, you know, for, for yeah. what they are, so, so yeah. Um, There's nothing to be taken all that seriously. Right, they're they're good popcorn movies, basically. Um, and we knew in the past, we've talked about it in the past, that you know they were going to do more Kingsman movies, and I think they were even talking about doing a show. Mm-hmm. Um, we still haven't heard anything about the show, but regardless, so this is not not out of turn news that that this was a thing. So, hey, there you go, more Kingsman. It's it is what it is. Um, KJ Appa dishes on Archie's exit from Riverdale and his dicey future. So apparently, Archie's not on or will not be on, excuse me, uh, on Riverdale anymore, which you would think being, you know, for a show. Well, granted, it's called, it's not called Archie, it's called Riverdale. So I guess that's around the town and whatever shenanigans going on there. But you would think the main character of said. Archie books, right? He's not exactly the namesake of the of the story, but right? He's sort of the namesake of the entire universe, right? So apparently, according to this, he and Jughead left town, and I guess the the uh, the guy who plays Archie was being interviewed about all of that mess. So, wait, Archie's road trip? How prison changed him? His wait, so Archie went to prison, dude? I don't know. His relationship with Veronica. Yeah, I don't. Know. I haven't been watching that show. I have, I've heard 
decent things about it, but I'm like, that's, I don't know. It went places, apparently, I guess. You got me. Yeah, I don't know. Moving right along. All right, so we're in comic book news. So we transition over. Yep. And our first comic book story is Bat Kid, the uh, young man who is uh, fighting cancer, has officially defeated it and has now been declared cancer free. He was a Good for him. And uh, Make a Wish gave him uh, an experience of being Batman for a day, and that was pretty cool. Yep, even had a documentary about the whole situation um, about him a couple of years ago, which I'm sure is still around. You can watch. Oh, um, actually, no, I'm not going to, because I was about to bring up something else that I forgot to bring up, but it's not comic-related, so it's weird. Um, more Stanley news. Stanley co-created one final superhero before his death. Apparently, he and his daughter was working on a, a hero called, which probably should please please um our very own PCN underscore Dirt. Um, because his daughter J.C. Lee told TMZ that her and her father has been working on with her right up to the past weekend on Dirt Man. Uh, although she declined to provide any details about the new hero, she intends to move forward with the character. So let us hope for the for the the ego of our very own PC and underscore dirt. It has nothing to do with him. Mm. <laughs> anyway, and also more. I go ahead and just do this next couple of since they are standard related. related. Um, after private clothes, funeral, pow, entertainment planning, public Stanley tribute, which I'm sure has already happened. They issued a statement, uh, from, um, around the fact also, so don't need to go into all of that. Uh, Stanley's cause of death has been rele- revealed, which, um, was, I believe, heart failure. Mm-hmm. I believe what's the case? Yes. Um... So there is that. And uh, Stanley to be honored on Marvel covers in December and January in various books. Uh, you can see the list of the books there, but it's pretty much the, I guess, all of them. I don't know. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so several titles going on sale starting December 19th through January 9th will um, will honor Stanley in the trade dress. So. All right. Um, next up, we have Marvel teasing Wolverine wearing the Infinity Gauntlet in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like Stan would say, enough said. Yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, yeah. First the Phoenix, now the Infinity Gauntlet, I guess. Anyway, uh, actually, speaking of that, I guess, sort of. Avengers 700 Big Resurrection is a genuinely massive surprise. Oh, actually, this has nothing to do with that. So this has to do with Coulson coming back from the from the dead. Because um, I guess he got killed during Secret Empire by Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And um, which I vaguely remember, even though I didn't read it. and But I do remember reading this story, uh, Avengers 700, which we th- I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And that we see, but we didn't say the fact that, hey, 
Coulson shows up and he has the um, Squadron Supreme. The Squadron Supreme oh, no, oh, no, no, no. It was the uh, Squadron Supreme of America, I think it was. That's what they called it, but it's the Squadron Supreme. So, yeah. <laughs> in tow. And we'll see how that plays out going forward. Uh, so, next up. All right. Uh, next up. Uh, speaking of books that <laughs> that have gone from limited series to to uh, ongoing and may have gone back to limited series, mm. the Winter Soldier upcoming uh, book mm. is uh, back to being a limited series after being solicited as a limited series and then being solicited as ongoing. So we're back to being a five-issue limited series. Flip, flop, flip, flop. Um, oh, yeah, I guess it's worth noting that uh, solicitations for February 2019 are out. So you can go check that out if you're so inclined. But this is from January, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Fantastic Four number five adds pages, ups price, and plans day after Christmas launch parties, which I'm sure retailers are going yay. Ah. So December 26th is Fantastic Four number five is expanding in price, page count, and as an event. Oh God! It is seven ninety nine, and uh, with it, Dan Slott's writing sixty pages of the now seventy two page book. He was previously in line to do forty pages of the originally sixty four page special. Uh, there's going to be launch parties. <coughs> Excuse me. Which <coughs> you know what? That coughing says enough. It, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I was just going to add that uh, if you recall, there were there were stories about this book being delayed slightly. Yes, and it seemed like uh, now we know why. Now we know why. Yep. So I know I know my my shop has done the thing. It was like you know what he's he's the, that last book. I think it was Uncanny. Um, the week Uncanny came out, and he was like, you know what, we're gonna he he gave a little bit more of a discount than normal. Oh yeah, because, because of it, high price, yeah. Right, and he's for especially for books like this. So I was like, that's "Well, listen, Fantastic Four is looking for you know a kind of a footing, you know, in its new relaunch." So, right. um, you know, hopefully this will be a good place for people to jump back on if they didn't stick with it right away. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Marvel Strikes Down, Star uh-huh. Wars, Shadow of Vader, following. The firing of writer Chuck Wendig mm-hmm. after media stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. Um. So yeah, this you know we, we've talked about you know, Chuck Wendig getting fired, which was sad and mishandled, I think. But, um. But yeah, so he was supposed to be writing this book for for um for Marvel. It's not gonna happen now. Because I think, I don't, yeah, he was writing all fast, so it says there. Anyway, that's the thing. But next up, uh, Chip Sadowski's Jar Jar Binks story cut from Star Wars Age of Republic special. Thanks. You know, good. Great. Because we didn't need more Jar Jar. No one needs more Jar Jar. Um, I give Zadarsky a lot of leeway. He's told some really good stories. Yes. He was going to tell a Jar Jar story. He was think, featuring think, it says here, featuring think, Jar Jar and a Rancor. I think Marvel's saving him from himself, but anyway, <laughs> and saving us from more Jar Jar. So it's oh know, my, God. it's good. The publisher gave no reason I mean, for the change. It would have been Jar Jar and a Rancor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have obviously been the 
threat of Jar Jar being eaten. But obviously, you know that that you know, Marvel wouldn't have let that happen unless or, the Dark well, I about said Disney probably wouldn't let that happen right. more so than yeah, right. And Zdarsky was hoping to make it happen. Who knows? Maybe we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but the, the but nevertheless, the Age of Republic special is still coming out, just not with not with that story. Okay. Yes. All right. Next up. All right. Uh, but, but, but Marvel's Infinity Warps may be the key to resurrecting the Watcher. So apparently, huh. this could be a way to bring uh, Yua to the Watcher back. That's it. Apparently, our we're, very own Tim has, way, has way some back ideas. Yeah. Yes, during a very silly event called. Um, wow, I vaguely remember the event now. That's good. Original actually. Sin. Original Sin, yes. Yeah. Hey, we were doing the show back then. We were doing the show. We did definitely oh, talk about that show. In fact, yeah. I think that was a. Uh, when we talked about it in the end of the year, that was a disappointment. Yep. So, did we ever find out what was said to Thor? During that mess? Yes. What? what? Gore was right. I don't know what that means. Okay. Gore was right. Gore the God Slayer. Gore the God Butcher. Oh. Okay. That still still doesn't do anything for me because I didn't read that storyline. So great. Oh. Well, basically, uh, whatchamacallit, Uh, basically the gist of it is that Gore was saying that no gods are worthy of being worshipped. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's it that that's what folded him, huh? Right, because then, you know, that, that made him unworthy to, to pick up Mjolnir. Okay, that seems lame. Um Well you had to read the story, that's sure. I guess. You know, that lame. Gore was basically butchering uh whatchamacallit, right. uh he was the scourge of for God. Gotcha. Right. So you know, and the and, and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of backstory to it too. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure that still, you know, kind of sounds lame, but maybe I'll go back and read it one day and I'll get more, get more out of it into it. Um, next up, uh, the superior Spider-Man is getting a major power upgrade. We kind of talked about this earlier. Um, as hinted by Spider-Man number four. So yeah, Otto's getting, Hey, guess what? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. he's more than likely getting Captain Universe's powers. We don't know this for certain, but <coughs> it makes sense. It's, <coughs> it's happened to Spidey before. It's already been hinted. So, what Otto's gonna do with that kind of power? No one man should have all this power. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Makes you want to punch him in the face anymore. He just won't feel it. Yeah, right? So, next up, Marvel has just introduced, oh, wonderful, mm-hmm. Captain Hydra. This is in the uh, Old Man Hawkeye series. Yep, that just came out this week and I need to catch up on. Uh, so, apparently, yeah, uh, Secret Empire still ruined its ugly head in places. Although, this is in a future that supposedly hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. So, go figure? I don't know. Um, meet Marvel. Meet Marvel's new ten-year-old Korean hero Crescent. So this is from video game news, basically, because this is from um, Marvel's Future Fight, which is a mobile game. And there's going to be a couple of new uh, characters introduced in the game, 
including Morgan Le Fay and White Fox in this new character, um, who is a 10-year-old girl named Dan... Dan Bai? I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Dan B? I'm not sure. Who grew up in Korea, uh, raised by a single father and antiques dealer who was forced to acquire uh, powerful artifacts for the ancient sorceress Morgan Le Fay. Hence, it's a connection. By touching one of the artifacts, a mystical bear mask, uh, Dan B, or by um, summoned a half moon bear spirit named Io, who's bonded with her to become her protector. Uh, I believe this was another fan made character. Also, Good. worth noting, uh, Netmarble is a Korean company, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. May or may not have anything to do with that, but regardless. Um, it says here. Good Lord. Hey, yeah, hey, you know what? The, hey, whatever, man. New character is not a bad thing. Um, Crescent is the third well, original. It could be written by Bendis. That's, that's also true. That would be sad. That would very much be sad. Um, you have a big, uh, a big issue with that. All yeah. I have to say. Uh, no, but all I have to say is, of course, it has to be part of a video game venture. You yeah. Know, it, can't get it as a regular, you know. Whatever. Although, like, there's been history of, because uh, I believe Guillotine, who came out of a video game, ended up in uh, that last Contest of Champions book. Um, right. Which actually, and obviously, the, the, the was the video game that she came out of that she was made for. So we there got. is that. So there's, it, she, this, this little one could come into the comics at some point. And I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be a comic at some point centered around her, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it's a thing. There you go. If you're still playing Future Fight, hey, there's another new character. Um, next. Yes, Batman Arkham Collection has been released for Xbox One. So, this, folks, is, is the uh, the collection of the three main Arkham Batman Arkham games. Uh uh, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knights, I believe is the third one. So all of three of them are going to be bundled together and uh, for the low, low, well, not the low price, but for the price of 60 bucks, you can ah, play... That's not a low, low price. It is, well, it is a low, it is if you think about how big those games are, because each of those games were going for 60 bucks at one point in, in mm. this lifetime. So that is actually a low, low price for all three of those together. And looks like it comes with all of the 28 DLCs uh, from each of the games. So they're basically the, the Game of the Year edition, sounds like. Um, so that's actually a pre- pretty good deal for all. If you've not played any of those games, that's that's actually a pretty decent bundle. And I can safely say that Arkham City, uh, well, I played a little bit of Arkham City, but Arkham Asylum is good. Arkham City is all right from what I played of it. And I'm not sure about Arkham Knight, but. The, the same developer did all three of them, and those games were good. So. All righty, next up, um, <clears throat> Action Comics number 1005 brought a real shocking tragedy to Superman's life. That speaking was of one. Bendis. Right, speaking of... Um, uh, bu- 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 so Lois is hiding the secret. Uh, and I think this is when John can come back aged up. Um, right. Also, because they both went out in space with Jarrell. Right, and you know time moves differently out there. Sure. Yeah. Fantastic Four too. So. Oh yeah, all the time. Just I went out in space and aged up. Just wow. Um. 
But um, so there's a change in both of the characters, which were influenced by the space trip. And now they're returning to cause tension in Clark's life because you can't have happiness in DC Universe. It's a law. Um, actually, that's not true. But um, Something about a red cloud. That's about it. Yeah, I don't know. If you've read Action Comics from this week. Probably read Kryptonite. Maybe. Or something. Sure. That sounds about right. That makes total sense. It is sense. Superman. Right. Yeah. <coughs> So All right. that. I'll, I'll take the next one, give you a break. Uh, mm-hmm. Prepare for samurai action in Greg Pak's Ronin Island. So, fresh off of Mech Cadet U, Greg Pak is going to do some more creator-owned stuff at Boom Studios. <sighs> I have... Five-issue limited series. I, I like Greg Pak. He's a good writer. I have a problem with this. Why, because he's Korean? No! Um, it's because has well one he's he's supposed to be doing doing John Wick already and he hasn't really done much of that. Did he ever finish Kingsway West? I don't know. Exactly, that's my point. I never read it. I mean, I I think I read like the first issue or something. He did four issues and that was it. And what now is- now maybe the you know maybe sales more were for Kingsway West didn't warrant it to go any further. I don't know, but it was like he's doing a lot. And, and I'm glad he's going doing a lot because he's you know he's a good writer. But I'm like, you know what I was going to add to that? What? What's that? He's doing stuff to pay the bills, and he's doing that. So yeah, again, I say I am absolutely glad he's getting work. And I'm actually that Weapon X or Weapon H book that we just sort of all shy away from. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and him doing creator own stuff that is also good for him. So I'm not knocking the fact that he's doing that, but it's and this is actually a five issue limited series, so at least we know it's going to get an end. But mm-hmm. but I'm like he's doing this other stuff, but he's, he seems to have a lot on his plate. I can't talk for the man; he's doing what he's doing, like good on him, you know. So and it just it just seems like you know. I'm just glad he's doing creator own stuff. Oh, absolutely! I am absolutely glad of that. Like I said, I'd get that money, get get your thing, and, and again, he's a great writer, so it's not like uh, I have nothing against that. But like some of his other stuff just hasn't really ended or you know taking this time coming out because of all he's doing i was just thinking if we're talking authenticity we would have found someone japanese to write this book right uh, i mean yeah yeah there is that there is that there is that but you know but at the end of the day i don't want to because i was about to say close enough and i'd been fucked up if i had said that and right exactly that at all. <laughs> so but no, but yeah, I, I I do agree with you on that on that front. But apparently, you know, well, ultimately, you know, samurai samurai stories, you know, especially, you know, especially um, in feudal Japan, you have a lot of source material to draw upon, so you can actually write, you know, some stories. So on uh, that note, let's, let's so here's what it says about the um, this description. Uh, after a mysterious attack devastates a great swath of 19th century Japan, Korea, and China, survivors from all three lands find refuge on a hidden island and build a new society. Ah. Hana, the, the orphan daughter of Korean farmers, and Kenichi, the son of a great samurai leader, have little in common except for a mutual disdain for the other. Uh, but these young warriors will have to work together when an army invades the island with, island with shocking news. Uh, the Shogun has returned, and the island is expected to pay fealty in, a, in exchange for protection from a new threat, a mutated horde that threatens to wipe out humanity. Wow, so, a mutated horde. Right. So it's safe to say he is drawing from some Korean background with this book and not just... Yeah. 
yeah, what 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 we could initially have thought could have been bad. Um, so yeah, I don't know if if that sounds something appealing for you, go check it out. Uh, next up, we kind of already oh, talked. Yeah, yeah, we kind of already talked about this, but I put this in here just in case we didn't. This is Tom Shioli transforms the GoBots number one preview. I already talked about that. We don't need to go into it anymore. All right, on the business side, Line Forge has promoted Cindy Barwick to vice president of marketing and product development. Mm-hmm. So good on her. Um, she spent uh, n- nearly two years, two decades, excuse me, at, at DC Comics. Um, director of marketing and established each other direct so she's done some she's done a lot of stuff so good on her for the promotion um controversial suicide bomber comic book cancelled probably for the best um Abrams has cancelled the release of writer Jack Gantos's and illustrator Dave McKean's a suicide bomber sits in the library following outcry about the comic uh, according to a post from Abrams' book on Tumblr, the publisher has decided to withdraw publication of an adult graphic novel, quote-unquote. The post specifies that the decision was made in conjunction, conjunction with Gatos and McKean as a result of offense felt by many at a time when stereotypes breed division rather than discourse. So apparently, yeah, someone or some folks had issue with the fact of the... Um, the portrayal of Muslim boys in this book. Okay. Probably somewhat stereotypical. According to this, uh, let's see. So, yeah, the statements, you just see the statements here. I'm not going to go through all of that. But, yes, there was probably a well, well-deserved well outcry for this book um, and caused them to, to cancel it. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, look up, you know, Dave McKean did, what was that, Arkham Asylum? Was it Arkham Asylum? I could not even tell you. Because the, because it's the name that rings a bell. It's the artist name that rings a bell. And I'm trying to remember what he would be known for. Mm. Yeah. He did Arkham Asylum. Okay. By Grant Morrison. That's the only reason why the name even rings a bell for anyone who follows comics. Gotcha. Okay. Well, speaking oh, I, of... He also did Sandman stuff with Neil Gaiman, so yeah, he did a lot of painting. Okay. Stuff. Yeah. That's why he's 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 uh, relatively well known. You may not recognize him right away, but the name definitely yeah. rings a bell. I surely did not, but my artist knowledge is a little slacking. So, but speaking of artists, um. Common legend Denny O'Neill being honored by Jimmy Carter Professional Library. Uh, the Jimmy Carter Professional Library in Atlanta is spotlighting Denny O'Neill's accomplishments in, in pursuits of causes of peace and justice. He'll be the guest of honor at their comic books and social justice weekend running December 7th and 8th. Uh, O'Neill wrote stories that were very groundbreaking in comics, including his run on Green Lantern, uh, yeah, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, which involved drug addiction and the pursuit of racial equality. And yep. and from that becomes a list of um, the panels that is taking place over that the couple of days that he's doing. So I've got to beat a copy of uh, those two books, the, the ones that you're specifically talking about. Mm-hmm. The introduction of uh, Jon Stewart and uh, the, the heroin ep- the heroin issue. Is that the one where uh, Rory... Yeah, he's on the cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Okay, yeah. 
I feel like I remember definitely seeing seeing allusions to that book, if not reading it properly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, like that Friday, December seventh and eighth um, at the Jimmy Carter Professional Presidential, excuse me, Library in and it says professional in the title. That's a typo. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Carter Pre- Pre- Presidential Library in Atlanta. So if you're near that area and can get to that, go go check it out. And uh, that, folks, is the news. All righty. So uh, we're wrapping up our show this week to cover two weeks' worth of comics and news. Uh, I've got our last ad read up for the night. And I think it's going to be useful for a lot of people during the holiday season. Help keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. <laughs> Remember to visit cspn.us. Then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would. Whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or toys. Uh, For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN uh, payment. That helps us keep the comic book chronicles free for our listeners at no extra cost to you amazon.com through cspn.us do it today i just had one show at the end of the show i did pick up for i think it was 11 or 12 bucks sadly enough it's a beat-up package but it is the black widow writers um uh, marvel legends and uh it's uh pretty cheap you know, it was only for one day. It was for Cyber Monday, but I hope you guys, if you wanted to uh, get it, took advantage of it. Indeed. Actually, you know what? I didn't get this around Cyber Monday, but I'm, I'm probably going to stream a little bit of this. Um, um, the Marvel trading card game from back in 1996. Wow. What is it? Or was it? Two, wait, it says here 2005. That's not right. No, that's 2005. It's got to be 2005. Um, I don't know, because there have been, um, I don't know, I would have to look it up. Um, but regardless, there was a... a would be overpower. Say what? 96 would be overpower. That's true. Um, but this was made by, but it was made by Konami, um, <laughs> for the PC back in the day. Actually, you know, I'm going to look it up really, really quick. Um, because, yeah. But it's a basically it's a trading card game. It was and there's a physical version, but this is the the PC version. Um, that um, that came out, and I'm I've been curious about it for for a while, and I said I was going to uh, I was going to look it up, and surely I did, and there it is. So it says February two thousand seven. Okay, so that makes more sense. Because there was '96 Magic: The Gathering did have a a um, a trading card game that was on the PC, but that was that. Nevertheless, I am going to check it out. I don't know. Stay tuned to my Twitch. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll try to do it sometime this weekend or something if I feel like it because I'm still kind of sick. But that being the case, folks, we are in at the end of a show, a long show. We apologize. Well, all of them long. Let's face it. But hey, two weeks worth of stuff. What are you going to do? Uh, we'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for coming out. Thank you for uh, Matt Wang for 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 checking us out for as long as you did. Uh, thank you 
uh, excuse me, agent underscore 70 for always riding along with me. You can find agent underscore 70 at agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Chains. You can find our not here host PCN underscore dirt at that on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, pop culture network.com and I need comics.com. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. D-Click Nation, D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N on Twitter. C-B Cron on Twitter. And, of course, D-ClickNation.com. And comic book resources where he's writing his face off. Go check out his stuff. Some of which we, we, we put in the news earlier tonight. Just because... Just because... Not because of him. Because it was there. Didn't know it was... Was it news? Yeah. Because it was news. And myself, Roddy Cat. Ride a cat on Twitter. No underscore like there was some of these other gents. Um, news Nerds Need on Twitter. Uh, news Nerds Needs Reddit. Um, CB Caps on Instagram, where I've been, I have put some stuff up fairly recently, but not so recently. But there will be more stuff in there. Don't you worry about it. Um, you can find this podcast. Thank you. CSPN.us. That is the, that is the uh, network that we are, we are emblazoned upon. And we, we can find us there at cspn.us, along with other fine shows. You can find this podcast on Google Play, uh, on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, under the uh, Coast Leather uh, banner there, and of course, Spotify. And of course, shop.cspn.us, where you can go there get some swag from this show and other shows on the network. Um, if you like the show, go to CSPN and so like, hey, we like the show. Thank you. Um, and of course, get some, get some, get some marriage, you know, from that. That would really be a nice thing for. Anywho, we will see you guys next week. Um, pretty sure we don't have any movies coming out then. Right, movie protocol may not be in effect for a little while. Longer. Not for a while, yeah, because I don't even think even when Into the Spider Verse comes out, um, it's a yeah. Thursday. Yeah. So, regardless, we'll keep you know stay tuned to our our twitters and and the show, and we will let you know. Right, especially with the holidays coming up, uh, we'll see how that schedule plays out. Absolutely. And with that, folks, this is the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles, and we are out. Peace. One. Would you believe it's it's Doctor Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh.